Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, everybody. We are so excited that you are joining us once again to tune in to the Enlightened Empaths community. We're going to be sharing some great questions and stories that you all have sent in. And so we hope you enjoy and sit back and listen. And keep in mind, if you ever want to send in a question or story for us to read on the air, you can email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com or you can message us on our Facebook page, just search Enlightened Empaths. Okay, I'm going to start us off, Denise, if that's all right with you. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you. Okay. Our first one says, my sister and I both listen to your podcast, Enlightened Empaths and Psychic Teachers, and we enjoy talking with each other about all things spiritual. We only started really exploring this realm and our connection to spirit in the past two to three years. The story we're going to share took place in September 2019 and involves both of us, so we're both going to chime in here. I will start by telling my side of the story. My husband and I had been trying to get pregnant for many years, and we started a cycle of IVF. During this time, I also started to go to acupuncture, and I was reading a book that my acupuncturist recommended called Spiritual Fertility. By the way, I highly recommend this book to anyone struggling with infertility. In this book, she talks about how you can connect to the spirit of your unborn child. I began writing journal entries to my spirit child, explaining what I was going through and trying to make a connection. After my egg retrieval, we ended up with only one good embryo. As I was driving to my appointment to have the embryo implanted, I thought, I need to be in the right headspace for this. So, as a lover of Christmas music, I decided the best thing would be to turn on some Christmas tunes. I quickly pulled up a random Christmas playlist on Spotify. The first song that began playing was All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. First of all, I love that song. But as I listened to the lyrics, it dawned on me how appropriate the words were. Here are some verses. I don't want a lot for Christmas. This is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. I started to tear up as I was listening, and I felt so hopeful, thinking, this is my baby's way of communicating with me. When I got to my appointment, I texted my sister telling her about the song. Now, here's where my sister tells her part of the story. Leading up to the implantation, I'd been reaching out to my guides and angels of the universe, and I asked for a sign that everything was going to work out. I was at work when my sister told me about the song that had played before her implantation. We are both big fans of Christmas, Christmas songs, and of that song in particular, so it seemed like a good sign that that song had played. When I got off work for the day and, and got in my car, my car immediately linked up to my phone via Bluetooth. Usually, my phone would play one of two things without fail. It would either play the podcast I was currently listening to, or it would play this one song that was accidentally downloaded on my phone that I didn't really like. Well, I think you can guess what started playing on this day. All I want for Christmas is you blared out of my speakers. At the time, I wasn't even aware that song was downloaded on my phone and it had never played from my phone before. I immediately started smiling and crying. In that moment, I had no doubt that the implantation was going to work and my sister was going to get pregnant. The song felt like a nice hug from our guides, angels in the universe telling me it was going to work out and I could let go of the fear and anxiety I was holding on to. 
So back to my sister finishing the story. A few weeks later, we found out that the implantation had worked and I was pregnant. I turned on all I want for Christmas and danced with my husband. Our baby boy was born on May 27th, 2020. I know the path to having a child does not go this way for everyone. And I feel so fortunate that my story turned out the way it did. When I was going through the treatments, I had the mantra, I don't know what lies around the bend, but I'm going to believe the best does. I hope this story provides some hope to people out there who are on a similar journey in life. Isn't that beautiful, Denise? Oh, on so many different levels and spheres. And it's just, it, it is incredible. It's absolutely beautiful. I love that her and her sister are on this journey together. First of all, kind of envy that, not going to lie. I think that's so amazing to have your, I mean, sisters are so important. It's the longest relationship we'll have in our entire life. And then to be able to share your spiritual journey on the same exact stage of life as well, that's a miracle. I have listened to that Mariah Carey song so many times, and it's always, to me, been a romantic song, right? Like, all I want for Christmas is you, baby. I never thought of it as her, like a baby. And when she pointed out the lyrics, it was like, oh my gosh, this is your child communicating with you. And I don't know if that would have happened if she hadn't have had already initiated the contact. True. Very true. A couple of years ago now, a woman that I had spoken with, and she kept having a dream about a grandchild that was coming. And she talked to her daughter and the daughter said, no, you're crazy, mom. That's not happening. Lo and behold. this woman was dreaming that her daughter would have a son and her daughter was adamant. She was having a girl. She had a son and this grandmother and baby are so closely connected. But during the whole pregnancy, she kept dreaming about this little boy. And I think there's something about the, the connection with spirit, the connection with these soul lights that are coming in that is so, so strong and vibrant right now. Doesn't that make perfect sense with how the the realms and the energies and everything are becoming so much more fluid that we would have more of a connection with these soul lights waiting to come in? Yes, it really does. And you explain that beautifully. And I think also before we move on to the next one, one more thing for anyone who's not interested in having a child or infertility issues, this is still a great example of how we can always have that connection and guidance on the other side. We just have to ask for it and then take action steps behind it. You know, I mean, she wrote in her journal, she started reading books about this. She was open and receptive. She had this very positive mantra that was like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I'm, I'm surrendering to the unknown, but I'm hoping and planning for the best. And that is the attitude we all need to have with anything we're working on in our lives. Oh, I agree hundred percent incredible incredible and a great way to start the new energies of the new year be more open to that connection and and ask for help because that's another thing I think that we we forget is they do want to help us they do they don't want to leave us down here floundering by ourselves no but you got to ask yeah it's true (laughs) okay so our next one hello Samantha and Denise from the Sunshine Coast Australia oh isn't that nice We lost our mother to cancer six years ago. She was truly the light of our family, and we miss her fiercely every day. With the approach of Christmas and feeling a little low after another tough year, I listened to your podcast, Validations from Loved Ones in Spirit. I hadn't felt mom around for a little while. Sometimes I would have butcher birds, 
perch like a magpie, come visit me at my kitchen window and sing and chat away. And I knew it was mom or she would visit me in my dreams, never saying anything, but was just there. Even my youngest daughter, who would often dream of her grandma, hadn't had any. So on Christmas Eve, I said, mom, can you please send me a sign, your name in an unexpected way within three days? The next day after opening presents with my family, I was setting up my new smartwatch and syncing it to my phone when it asked me to select an emergency contact. And there was mom's name twice, once with her mobile cell number and another with her email address. It wasn't a number or email that I'd used in six years and no reason for it to come up. I laughed to myself, this could be her sign. She did love her mobile phone, but yes, it could have been a coincidence. So I asked for another sign. Three days had almost passed with nothing. Then last night, the 28th of December, we had decided to go out for dinner as a family. We arrived at the restaurant. We got out of the car. When my younger daughter turned to me and said, I forgot to tell you, mom, about the dream I had this morning. It was of grandma. We were sitting at a large table and grandma was at one end and she waved. I laughed, my heart full. I gave my daughter a hug and said, thank you. Nothing like an obvious wave, hello, I'm here. I just wanted to share this validation with you. Thank you for all you do and wish you all the best for a bright 2022. Doesn't that just make your heart sing? Oh, it really does. And again, sometimes we won't hear from our loved ones for a while. You know, like she had said, she hadn't heard from her mom in a while. And yet when you put that thought and intent out there and ask, then suddenly we have all these wonderful wonderful synchronicities and hellos from heaven. And she did the whole thing of giving the helping out by saying, please, this is what I need. And can you show it to me in three days, please? So I don't think there's, we're being rigid or controlling with that. I think we're helping, we're helping say, I need, I need you to show up in this time frame. And I, I just love, love, love that the daughter validated as well and had the dream. I don't think it's rigid because sometimes I wonder if they have a different timeline over there or if time is just different over there. So it might be important to mention our timeline over here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, we've chatted about this and from all the people we've talked to and work as mediums and all these things that time, and I've said this a lot on the show, but time is a man-made constraint and we're the ones that are held by that parameters and this linear, oh, it has to be this is the timeline and we go forward from here, but it's much wider, wider parameters outside of this realm, from what I understand, personal opinion. (laughs) Totally agree. Okay. We have a different kind of thread from spirit connections in this next one. And it's, it's more towards uh, my daughter and me, but I thought it would be a good one to share for anyone who is considering, you know, should I really go for my dreams? So it says, I just listened to the Law of Assumption podcast, and Samantha mentioned her daughter is a writer, but may pursue law school after she graduates. I majored in theater because I love performing, then graduated and didn't know what to do. I taught theater at the middle school level, but that really wasn't my calling. All along, I'd been making films and writing sketches and scripts to perform in. I applied to screenwriting programs and got in. Now I live in Texas. I recently graduated from my MFA program, and I work a nine-to-five job where I literally watch TikTok for a living. On weekends, I write and perform, and I'm still working on scripts I wrote during grad school, just revising and rewriting. I am so happy. 
My fiance majored in music, had his own band that didn't make any money, but his day job was performing in a wedding band. Promoting his own band taught him how to use copiers and print. So then he got tired of road life in the wedding band and worked in a print shop. Now he works at a publishing company with a salary and benefits. The publishing company has all kinds of creative roles for writers, editors, marketing. One tough thing about college arts programs is a lot of the time they aren't great at teaching the career side of things. They tell you it's hard and you will fail. They don't teach you how to get a creative nine to five to support your passion. If your daughter truly wants to pursue a creative career, let her know you don't have to starve. My best advice would be to learn Photoshop and maybe video editing if she can at school. Creative careers are always asking you to be familiar with these programs. If she's ever curious about screenwriting, filmmaking, or becoming a TV writer, feel free to reach out and send her my way. Isn't that lovely, Denise? Because how many times are we told that, oh, you want to be a starving artist? Right. And yet here we have this wonderful example of how she and her fiance pursued their dreams. They're doing it. They're working on it. They're making a great living, getting benefits. I love stuff like that. Me too. Me too. And also, if it's in your soul to be a creative, I, I see so many people that are exactly what you just described. They're in that mindset of, I'll never make a living. I, will, I won't be able to be successful. I won't be able to. Those are all somebody else's opinion. And, and your quality of life and how you choose to live it is totally up to you. You yeah. never, ever discourage someone from following their heart and their dreams. And we may define, not get it, but but we have no right to dis- dissuade them either. No, we do not. And, and you might get something better, but you never know until you try. And I think our definition of success is different from other people's and other people's are different from the person next to them. One thing I do love about the school my daughter attends and the English major once you're in that school of English, they do have a lot of programs where they have like visiting writers and editors and agents, and they do all these like Zoom talks about, you know, careers you can have. And they had this one writer come to talk to them. And I really admire this writer. And I was so, I was like, can I jump on the Zoom call? And she was like, no mom, but I'll tell you all about it. So she calls me after and she was like, well, he was nice. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, he kind of just kept dissuading us and telling us you really can't make a living off being a writer full time, unless you're like huge, you know, like a big best-selling Stephen King writer. Otherwise you have to have a full-time job. So one student asked, well, about how much could I expect to make as a writer? And the writer says, well, last year I only made 120,000 off my writing gig. Oh my. (laughs) And Olivia was like, um hello come back to earth like that's that's a pretty damn good living so it's all perspective it is and to go back to the the note again that the email that you just read I love that they're following their hearts in there like they're yes they have their creative gigs that are paying for what they're doing but they're doing it in their spare time in their weekends and their evenings they're still following their heart and you and I did that for years. We had real jobs, so to speak. And I'm, I'm doing the obnoxious air quotes with that. But we, all the time I was teaching, what did I do in, on my time off when I wasn't, you know, if I had a class or something, it was juju. Yeah. Those were the books I read. Those were the, if I had the opportunity to take a class or it might've been really deep in that closet, but that was my interest. And I kept that connection and thread to it. So if you're thinking, my job is boring, or I, I don't have that option, or I don't have that. 
find some little bit of time in your day or your week that you devote to what you really love and you'll be you'll be amazed how that structure will allow more of it to come into your your life when you when you do set aside that time and that making it a priority pretty much beautifully said um, our next one I'm feeling very um, awkward reading this, but it says, I want to give a huge shout out to Denise. Well, thank you very much. I recently did a past life regression with her. It was my first experience with any sort of regression or deep reading, and it was absolutely incredible. Her gentle guided meditation helped walk me step-by-step over the threshold into the spirit world. There I met one of my ancestors who gave me extraordinary advice that was very validating and helpful for the season of life that I'm currently in. It was one of the most amazing experiences that I had since discovering this amazing world. And I can't wait to sign up for a reading. Thank you for everything, Denise. Well, thank you for that kind word because those are very, very personal experience and I appreciate um, your feedback. So thank you. I also want to share an experience that I had recently. At the beginning of this year, I went through a spiritual awakening and decided to begin my healing journey. I started attending talk therapy and implemented daily yoga, meditation, and journaling practices. I was Reiki attuned and have recently started using Tarot. I've implemented boundaries in my relationships and have let go of several toxic people in my life. This year, as I've progressed on this journey, I've seen a community of spiritual people literally manifest in front of my eyes. It's almost as if we were are magnetized to find each other. A few weekends ago, my brother came in to visit my family. He's in the army and is stationed on a military base in North Carolina. He and two of his friends drove down to stay for a few days. This was the first time I'd met either of his friends. The young soldiers were both very polite and mild-mannered. They seemed to be genuinely kind people. However, one of the soldiers stood out to me. He was quiet and kept to himself for the most part. He was an observer and hung back from the conversation. This is something I immediately recognize because it's something that I once tended to do when I was younger. Throughout the weekend, I continued to notice more similarities between us. Small things such as his introverted personality and his deep attunement to animals. My parents have a cat that's extremely afraid of people. He came inside and had the cat in his arms, which is unheard of as this cat is terrified of people. I also brought my dog with me to my parents that weekend, who's extremely sensitive to energy and is very wary of strangers, particularly men. He's standoffish and always keeps his distance from people who he's unfamiliar with. However, when this young man crouched down and talked softly to him, my dog went right up to him. The soldier leaned down and bumped his forehead to my dog's. This is something I do, and I've never witnessed my dog behave that way with anyone else in the six years that I've had him. I've reflected on this for a few weeks and truly believe this man is an intuitive. I'm not sure if he's an empath, a medium, or something else, but I know he's something. I feel like I was drawn to him unconsciously because his vibration was set higher than the rest of the people there. I've been thinking about this, and now I'm wondering if I should have mentioned something to him when I had the chance. I know from personal experience that I had no conscious idea about intuition or spiritualism until both my coworker and my Reiki partner introduced them to me. Those epiphanies were the catalyst for me diving headfirst into this world and learning so much since. My question is this, as an intuitive, is it our place or are we responsible 
for planting a seed for someone that they have abilities. I'm wary of approaching the subject as it has the potential to invoke defensiveness and a fear-based reaction. I don't want to accidentally step over someone's boundaries. However, I can't help but reflect on my own experience. I hold so much appreciation for the coworker and Reiki partner I had those conversations with, but I really feel like they gave me a nudge in the direction that has ultimately allowed my spiritual and physical life to blossom. I can't help wondering if I should have said something to this young man before they left. Well, first and foremost, talk about the gates opening, the floodgates opening and connecting with that spirit of divine. What a beautiful, beautiful tribute to someone stepping fully into their power, their light and their purpose and accepting, wow, I am an intuitive. What is it John Holland always says? You're a a soul having a physical, having a physical experience, you know, whatever the expression is. It feels like she's really exemplifying that in herself, like truly, truly tuning into that. As far as approaching someone, that's a hard one, isn't it? It is. It is. Especially a guy who's with his other guy friends to walk up and be like, I think you're an empathic healer might not be what a young person wants to hear when they're with their buddies. Right. And, and the military connection. Yeah. That's, that's not something that they're probably going to encourage. No, I would probably have said, gosh, you have such a wonderful way with animals. I probably would have highlighted that a lot just to pull him into the conversation a little bit and see where that would have led. And if it was just shut down, I'd leave it shut down. But if it was like, yeah, I feel like I have a really good connection with animals in nature, then that could lead to something else. But I probably would have started with just my observations. That's exactly what I thought too, because animals, they're a great opening line, aren't they? Yes. Having a few... taglines or a few statements you can use. If people are in that zone and they're intuitives or they're empaths or they're mediums, oftentimes when you broach the subject and you you have an opening line, people will let you in and let you know. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And it's hard because I think we're all on our own hero's journey. And if you follow Campbell's hero's journey, it's the hero who has to make the first step, right? And so a part of me is like, well, when he's ready to fully step into his abilities and gifts, he'll make that known. But then another part of me is like, well, on that hero's journey, we're supposed to meet mentors and teachers. And what if she's a mentor or a teacher? Right. But again, I think that oftentimes that person needs to initiate that somehow. So I definitely hear her dilemma. And I think it's hard to just walk up to someone and say, I think you're psychic or you might be a medium or you're gifted in some way with animals. It, it, that can be really, really hard. But often just asking a couple of questions can let you know. Something that I do is I usually have crystals with me and I'll just say something like, you know, I love the way you are with animals. This is a, this is a really great stone to hold to just help facilitate that ability. And I know it's silly and you might think it's just a rock, but just just keep it with you as a good luck token. And sometimes that can be a nice opening as well. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I, not to be location biased, but in your part of the country, in North Carolina, you also have the religious perspective and you don't want to offend anyone. Right. And what 
flashed in my mind is I met this woman years ago and I, it was, a, anyway, I don't need to go into the whole story, but her energy was so open. She was so, I was convinced this woman is open. She's a medium. She's, and it was just so clear. And we really clicked. It was, I was purchasing something from her. And then I felt her husband, her husband who had passed so, so strongly. Like I, I've shared this with you, you know, we're clairvoyant. We see things in our mind's eye that every once in a while we'll feel it so, so strongly or see it so strongly. It's almost like an apparition. And that's what I got when I was talking with this woman and I was leaving and she said, so what was it you said you did? And I said, oh, I'm a medium. And I watched her whole face change and the defensive wall come up and she did everything but genuflect and make sign of the cross. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> and I thought, oh shit, but you know, so you don't know, but I agree with you having, I do think part of our, our job as intuitives is to open that doorway. And if someone chooses to walk through, that's up to them, but not to lose our sense of self in the process. Yeah. And, and lastly, let's never discount the power of prayer, you know, and, and she should keep this man in her prayers and just pray that he finds the journey that is meant for him because we're all here to express and connect with our own intuition in our own way. Oh, I love that. Okay. Our next one says, I have loved your show since I found it nearly three years ago. You both have helped me through some of the toughest times in my life. I'm 30 years old now, and I'm an empathic, highly sensitive person. My first Saturn return ended in November of 2020, the month I received the news that my dad had stage four stomach cancer. I was living 1,300 miles away and had very limited resources to visit or even move. By the month of June, my inner voice was screaming that I needed to move back. I packed up my horseshoeing business, moved from Minnesota to Maine in August, and spent every day with my father until he passed on November 3rd of this year, 2021. Through the insights and education I've gained from your podcast, I was able to talk to my dad while he was alive about what I believed was coming next on his journey. We talked about old souls, new souls, the afterlife, reincarnation, and soul missions. It was beautiful. He told me he was ready, and I promised to help see him through however I could. My question is, how long do I wait before trying to reach out to him? I know he's visited two people in their dreams already and scared the daylights out of my partner with a simple sound when he least expected it. I laughed because that's definitely his sense of humor. I believe there's a period of time after a soul transitions in which they are probably quite busy taking in new information and growing. I don't need any personal affirmation from him at this time, but I'd love for him to send comfort to my mom in some way. Okay, this is a great question. It's one Denise and I get a lot. And there's really not a very clear answer to this question because when some people pass, they do need a lot of time to acclimate. Um, say that woman you met, Denise, who heard you were a medium and just wanted to sprinkle you with holy water. She, <laughs> <laughs> she might be a type of example of someone who would need more time to acclimate to the other side, right? Because she's probably expecting this very rigid heaven with angels and harps and clouds and halos. Or if someone like when my dad passes, who's dealing with Alzheimer's, he might need some time before he connects because, you know, he has not been in fully connected to his, his mind and his body for so many years now. So depending on your mindset and how you passed, it can 
determine how long it will take for you to connect with your loved ones here. However, the fact that he has already connected with your partner and that he has already appeared in dreams twice is indicative that he's ready to communicate and talk. And he might not have been able to get a a message or a personal affirmation to you or your mom yet because of grief coming out of, from your mom. And so one thing I would suggest you do is say, dad, if you're, if you have a message from mom, or if you have a sign that you can give me, I could take a picture of and show it to mom until she's ready to hear from you. Please do that. I'm ready to receive that. You could ask your mom to come up with a sign. Like what was the song you guys danced to on your wedding or what was a funny nickname he had for you? And then you could ask your dad to show you that name or play you that song. And then you could share it with your mom. And then when she's ready, she can receive her own sign and connection from him. What do you think? Oh, I think that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And it is, it, it, some people come in right out of the gate. They, and then other people, it takes a long time. So I, but I, I know when people have, now, a lot of mediums will say, you know, wait at least three to six months before you try to contact someone to give them time to acclimate. I think it's more of a personal, but if you go to a medium and your person hasn't been in spirit very long and they're not able to make a link, please, please, please don't think it's because they don't want to get in touch with you. It's just that they don't have the skill set or the ability yet because they it's a learning curve for them as well from what I understand. So our next one, last night I had a dream about an ex-boyfriend. We broke up about a decade ago and were together for almost seven years. Through the end of my high school years, all through college and a year or so after, I know that this person was an extreme narcissist and maybe even sociopath. There was gaslighting. Unbeknownst to me, he had developed a drug addiction. I'm pretty sure cheating I didn't realize how bad things truly were at the time, but in retrospect, it's clear how bad it was and how lucky I am to have gotten out of the situation when I did. I don't think I really processed fully how much that relationship affected me until years later. And if I'm being honest, until yesterday, I was still angry. I've always felt like I know who he truly is and he cons others into thinking he's some wonderful person. It just left me frustrated and feeling like I was being gaslighted all over again. Last night in my dream, we spoke. I have not seen him since we broke up a decade ago. I know it was him, but he looked a little different. His energy was softer, and I knew that our souls and our higher selves were meeting up to speak. I don't remember everything we discussed, but I do remember I told him he brought out the absolute worst in me. The weird thing was that his higher self had none of the negative qualities that he has. It was a really pleasant conversation. At the end of it, I heard or felt surrender, release, and all the negative emotion I've been harboring related to that relationship for the last 10 years was literally gone. I woke up immediately and thought, what the F just happened? I've been waiting all day for that anger or at least dislike to return, and it hasn't. I'm happy, but I'm so confused. I'm happily married, but genuinely thought I'd go to my grave with anger for that person in relationship. Having a happy, healthy relationship never negated all the anger and hurt caused by the earlier relationship. And all this, and all of a sudden it's completely gone. I can't wrap my head around it. Now I'm really going down the rabbit hole and wondering if our higher selves are all wonderful beings of light 
and we agree to take on those unfavorable aspects in different lifetimes. I do believe this, but was never able to apply it to this situation. Maybe he chose to be a narcissistic ass this time around. I would say yes. <laughs> uh, but, but I also think that, haven't you found that's the way it works, is that something that has been heavy, dense, held you back, been resentful. I know um, I've said this before that I woke up one day and, and I went through a lot in, in my marriage and in, in my past relationship with my ex-husband, but I woke up one day and I felt not, I didn't feel the pain. I didn't feel the anger. I didn't feel the grief. And it was almost like, uh, well, it was like, it wasn't almost like I, I realized I saw it from a, a higher perspective and a different viewpoint, but it's interesting is that it was first thing in the morning. So I wonder if I had a similar experience that this woman said that in the night that in that goes into your forte of night work of, of the amazing, amazing things that can happen when we're asleep or we're on the other side or we're traveling in our, you know, into another realm when we, when our bodies have are, are at rest. So what do you think? Yeah, I think that when we sleep, our souls do travel and we journey either to the other side or the astral planes or to visit with people. And I think so much healing can occur when we shed our physical bodies and we're able to soar at night and greet and meet with other people. I know I've shared this story many times, so I'll briefly go over it. But I had a very similar experience where I was sitting with my mom in a dream and she said, how is it going for you, me being so awful? And I said, it's okay. And it's fine. I'm working on it. And she said, well, that's good to hear. She said, when you asked me to incarnate as a true bitch, I agreed because I knew it would help your soul. But I've got to admit, it's so hard being mean all, this, all the time. And when I woke up, I was not as enlightened as this listener, Denise. All my anger and sadness over my mom was not gone. <laughs> but I did have that thought of, oh my gosh, is my mom like a truly kind person? Is her soul a, a true you know, ray of light? And she incarnated this way to teach me the lessons of strength and independence and resiliency. Years ago, I did a reading for a woman and I was connecting to her to her sister. And her sister said, I'm here with mom. And the, the woman in front of me said, well, I don't think that's true. You know, I, there's no way she'd be with my mom. And I saw an image of the mom in a straight jacket and the sister just touched it and it just, she took it off and it just dissolved. And I said, Ooh. was, was your mom ever in, um, like a, like a home for people with mental illness. And she said, yeah. She said, my mom was in and out of mental home asylums. And she said, my sister and I were in and out of uh, orphanages and foster cares as a result. And we hated our mom for abandoning us. And it was, it's just a big mess. And I said, well, what your sister and your mom are showing me is that your mom incarnated this way on purpose to teach you and your sister these important lessons of relying on each other and being independent and strong and resilient. It took her a long time to wrap her head around that, but she did. And so I do think there's a lot to be said for these different aspects of our souls that it really makes you rethink evil. Even if you look at the early teachings on 
Lucifer, Satan, whatever you want to call him. He was originally called God's adversary, right? Like God created Lucifer. And if we're all created in God's image, well, you got to think about that. And God asked him. Now, remember, Lucifer's name means light bearer, light, you know, like the, or the great light, something with light. And he asked him to be the adversary to humans to teach us strength and resiliency and character and wisdom. And so you just have to wonder sometimes if these people who are in our lives and they do feel so narcissistic and so sociopathic and they cause us so much hurt and pain, is there an element of free will here where they have chosen this hard, because it's hard, you've got to admit, like, I think it would be so hard to be that angry and duplicitous and conning people. That would suck, you know, like really that would be hell on earth if I, sometimes I look at the way my mom lives her life as a narcissist and she seems so proud and pleased with her manipulations, but I think, oh, that looks awful. It's got to be hard for them. And it's definitely hard on us. But I mean, think about the narcissist in your life, Denise. Haven't you grown so much as a soul because of those experiences? A hundred percent. I couldn't be who I am now without those experiences. Yeah. And I, but one of the signs I get when I'm doing readings is snip, 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 which, you know, that's just a, a weird thing. But in whenever I get that, it usually means that the person I'm speaking with has been through so much more than people realize. And the other part to that is usually when you've been through such a depth of pain or loss, or you've dealt with narcissist, or you've been manipulated, or you, all of those different aspects so many of us have experienced, the beautiful part of it is it gives you a level of empathy, compassion, and understanding that most people aren't able to tap into. So even though it can be a living hell at the time, it's a soul development or it's a character. You know, I, I used to joke and say, I don't need any more damn character. It's fine. Thank you. I don't need another character builder. But in, in retrospect, don't you find that it's it's allowed you to be the mother that you are because there were certain things you promised yourself your girls would never experience. A hundred percent. And I've said so many times I would never be this intuitive or spiritual without being raised by my mom because I had to tune into her ever-changing moods. Exactly. And so I think that turned on my intuition. <laughs> Can you hear Charlie? I can. So this all reminds me of something that happened this week that I, I kind of want to share with everyone. My, so my mom is a narcissist, but my dad has always felt very protective of us as a result. And one thing he has expressed throughout the years is he's been afraid of dying first and leaving us alone with her to the point where my good friend Dale is an intuitive and she came into town and, and I had talked about her and my dad was like, I want a reading with her. So she gave him a reading and afterwards I called her and I wasn't asking like, what'd you tell him? I just said like, how'd it go? And, and she said, he only wanted to know one thing. Would he die first? And I said, well, what'd you tell him? And she said, well, I had to tell him the truth. And I, I think he's going first. And I was like, oh, great. I knew that was going to weigh on his heart. That was like in, I don't know, 2008 or nine. Anyway. So I really think half the reason or maybe more that my dad is hanging on with this illness is because there's this part of him that remembers, I don't want to go first. So 
he's had some health issues and whatnot. And so I went in to see him last week and he was really out of it, had no clue who I was. And I got him in his wheelchair and, and I always take him into the chapel and, and I say our, we say our prayers and I'm, I'm kneeling uh, uh, next to him and in, in, in front of the, uh, the altar and he's in the wheelchair and I start saying our prayers and I hear this whispering and it sounded like if you leave a podcast on your phone and it's in your purse, you know, that mud, like muted kind of whispering. Yeah. So I paused and I opened up my purse and my phone's off and it's on silent and there's no volume. And I'm like, well, that's weird. So I'd finish our prayers and I take him back to his room and I'm, um, he loves it when I like do a little manicure on him and I wash his hands and I clip his nails. And so I'm doing that and I hear the whispering again. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, okay, wait, Samantha, you're an intuitive. So maybe someone's trying to tell you something. <laughs> so I just paused and I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? And I saw an image of a cord being cut. So I did the Reiki symbols and I put my, my hands on his shoulders and I just started praying over him. And I called on Archangel Michael and Archangel Raphael and all the archangels. And I said, uh, you know, please, Michael, with your mighty, mighty sword and Raphael with your beautiful light of healing, please help my father. And I said his full name, uh, cut any and all cords in all directions of time too. And I said my mom's full name. And I just kept repeating that over and over. And I said the Our Father and the Hail Mary. And, and I just kept visualizing these cords being cut. And then I sat down opposite of him again. And my dad has very liberal very little mobility and barely speaks anymore. The only thing he can really say is good and wonderful. And all of a sudden he shoots his arm straight up in the air, which again, like getting him dressed impossible. It's like dressing a wet noodle. Suddenly his hand goes right up in the air. And he said, when you came, I thought you were here to take me out and up. He said, but you put me back in. Thank you. Wow. And I was like, what does that, I don't even, I don't really know what that means really, you know, because I, I don't know. And I just knew whatever I had asked for in those prayers, like something clicked for him. And so I just hugged him and I said, you know, it's okay, daddy. And, and so I said, do you want to go um, out into the garden? And he said, okay. So I, you know, he needs to walk some too. So I, I'm pulling him up out of the wheelchair. It takes a long time. And and we're shuffling our way outside and he stopped and he squeezed both my hands again, something he can't do. And he said, I didn't believe, I didn't believe now I do. Oh. And he never spoke the rest of the hour that I was with him again. It was like this little window. Wow. wow. Isn't that wild? Oh, it's, it, it's really it's beautiful, sweetie. It really is. And just that the impact and the connection and the love. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And I, and I just kept repeating to him, you know, mom's not a nice person, but we can handle it. We can handle her and it's okay mm -hmm. to cut this cord to her. And it's okay if you need to go over that bridge. And, and then I felt guilty, like, oh my gosh, I'm telling my father, to <laughs> like, it's okay to go. It's so confusing when you're dealing with this situation, but I don't want him to hold on for us just because she's such a difficult person. So my whole point in that long-winded story is narcissists are 
almost impossible to deal with. And the, the awful mess they wreak in so many people's lives is just unfathomable, you know? And I don't want her cruelty to hold him here. And I don't want this listener's cruel boyfriend to hold her down with any resentment or anger. And to think that one quote unquote dream experience, because I don't think that was a dream. I think that really happened. Can heal that for her in a moment. What a gift. Oh, I agree. I agree entirely. And thank you for sharing that story. Well, thank you guys for listening to me babble about it. All right. Our next one says, hi, ladies. I was listening to your episode on the power of words and how we should be careful what we say and think because those things can manifest into our physical reality. As a person who was fascinated by languages, one thing instantly jumped out at me. In French, the verb for to create is the same verb as the Spanish word for to believe. Wow. I have to sit with that, right, Denise? That's pretty intense. Okay, so they go on to say they are pronounced differently, but both are spelled C-R-E-E-R. I thought that was so funny because in both of these romance languages, the word for to create and to believe are the same. To me, that shows we indeed create the things we believe. That's powerful. Okay, I I just love that one. Well, we both love words so much and just... That's, how can you not love that? I know. And that can't just be a coincidence. No. But think about that. To create and to believe are the same thing. And I think so many of us think, well, I believe I should be successful or I believe I should eat healthier this year or I believe, do you? You know, I think sometimes we think we're working on creating what we believe but it's really we're working on creating what we think we believe. And I I think what's at the heart of manifesting is really touching that shadow side of yourself and getting to the truth of what you really believe about yourself positively and negatively. Oh, that's a really, really good way to describe it. Hmm. Yeah. What to think about with that one? A lot to think about. So thank you for sending that in. All right. Do you want to read our last one? Sure. Uh, Over the past two weeks, I keep seeing birds. First, a house sparrow broke into my apartment. Then in the past few days, birds keep ramming into the window I sit next to in my office and in my living room. I'm assuming they're sparrows or pigeons, turtle doves, but I haven't seen which birds actually hit the window. This has happened about three or four times now. I have a hunch this is a sign that Mother Earth is trying to communicate with me but I'm not quite sure what it means. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what this could mean. Well, I, I've said this over and over, and it's the way I, I basically live every day of my life as I trust nature and animals and signs from spirit that come through in the natural world more than about anything else on the planet because there's a purity and a sense of truth to them that people haven't gotten in the way with. So if the birds are coming, and off the top of my head, I can't think of specifically what sparrows and pigeons, but we've, we've mentioned, uh, you know, Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. Uh, Dr. Stephen Farmer has a book on spirit guide animals. Uh, there's so many resources available that my own personal opinion, find a resource that you trust and rely on because, and this sounds 
judgy pie pants. And I don't mean it that way, but there's a lot of garbage out there. Like people will post a site and they'll say, oh, this is what a turtle dove means. Find a resource that you really trust and can rely on and that resonates with you. Because I think that it's important. But as far as the, the birds coming and the connection with, with Mother Earth and nature, that's been a very pre- prevalent and strong collective energy that so many of us are feeling right now. Well, and besides looking at the metaphysical meaning or spiritual meaning of the birds, look up about the birds as well. I mean, turtle doves, Carolina doves, for example, they mate for life. And so very often when you see a turtle dove, a pigeon dove, a Carolina dove, there it's all about love. And it, sometimes it can be a hello. If you've lost a spouse or a partner, it can be a hello from them. And sometimes it can be a sign that love is coming to you. So I would recommend that you look up kind of the personality characteristics and habits of sparrows and doves, but also think about what's going on in your life when that bird hits your window and then go outside and check on the bird because I worry about that too. Like, are they stunned? Are they okay? Could you maybe hang something up on your window? (laughs) Cause it could just be an issue like that too. Right. But if something's going on in your life that you're thinking about, and you're worrying about or hoping for when these incidents happen, that could be a way for you to get to the heart of what this particular message means for you. That's an excellent description. And I did have to grab my little pocketbook of spirit spirit animals. And just, I would love to share Sparrow real quick. Oh, if good. That's okay. Uh, so this is from the Pocket Guide to Spirit Animals, Understanding Messages from Your Spirit animal spirit guides by Dr. Stephen Farmer. It's a nice little resource to have and small book. So it says sparrow, and especially since the sparrow came right into our apartment, that seems relevant. This is a very productive and prolific time. Look for the nobility and the most common of things and people, including yourself. Walk with poise, your head held up, eyes straight ahead, showing the world your self-respect and dignity. Your heart is opening more and more to the love you receive and you're more readily expressing love. Your energy and vitality are awakening and you'll find yourself whistling and singing without even being aware of it. That's a nice little message right there. That is a nice little message. I love it. And I love that she's paying attention because this is how our guides and our loved ones and the universe as a whole talks to us so often is through nature. Yes. And when we pay attention and recognize it, we just strengthen that link in that communication. And then they know, oh, she will pay attention to this. And so they'll do it more. And then you start to have this wonderful kind of dialogue between you and the unseen worlds, which is very exciting. It is. So, and they'll always, they're, they're so damn true. They'll always show you what you need. Yes, that is, that is truer than true, Denise. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening and sharing a part of your worlds with us. We appreciate your emails and your stories and your questions. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you next Monday. In the meantime, please remember to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.